My name is Peter Davison, I played the Fifth Doctor, and you're listening to the Five-ish Fangirls. The Tedges of Squeak continue all the way to episode 435 of the Five-ish Fangirls podcast, and we're pretty sure that this week's episode is going to be chock full of peace and love. Peace and love. Peace and love. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of the Five-ish Fangirls Podcast. So like join us. Let's start off like a dork with virtual table and see who's joined us this week. This is Holly from Wisconsin. And this is Rachel in Indianapolis, Indiana. Hello, everyone. Hello. It's we a last minute duo this week. Yeah, it's a last minute thing to come up for the mm-hmm. other two. That's such yes. as life. Yes. Hence the ish mm-hmm. in our name. We yep. knew this was going to be a thing. <laughs> yep. Nine plus years later, not a uh-huh. surprise. Nope. So. We have such a nice schedule for the next few weeks. It's like, yeah, we could have put a pin in this week and just kind of pushed everything. But uh, where's the fun in that? <laughs> right and then and then until we especially considering for what we plan plan for halloween so yeah that and then what the month of november looks like until bbc yeah down a release date <laughs> yes that too we kind of want to keep to the schedule <sighs> yeah we kind of have to so that we can be flexible for november mm-hmm. yes we're looking at you bbc Mm-hmm. we're looking at you rtd yeah. give us the deets yeah oh my well first up uh we can do some news we got some mm-hmm. 10 o'clock news couple pieces yeah. of 10 o'clock news mm-hmm. unfortunately so yes. now i was i never really watched ncis but i know who ducky is yes um so i've seen McCall- enough episodes to know who ducky was so yeah david mccallum um Sadly, Ducky from NCIS. He was Ilya Kiryakin from Man from Uncle. Um, sadly, passed away last Monday at the age of 90. He's been in other British um, TV shows, um, Sapphire mm-hmm. and Steel. Um, he made his movie debut in, um, I want to say it was The Great Escape with quite a few others as a, escaping the World War II um, yeah. Nazi camp. So yeah, long and storied career. So Eddie Izzard has a whole bit about the Great Escape mm-hmm. <laughs> and how the Europeans are very meticulous about it, about forging passports and digging mm-hmm. tunnels, and then Steve McQueen just jumps on a motorcycle. Next thing you know, he's in like yep. London. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, wanted to get the tribute out there. So. Plus, he had other bit bit roles. I mean, he oh, yeah, he was yeah. even a musician, and some of his instrumental stuff was popular. And even one was sampled for a rap song, I think, from Ice Cube and a few others. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, <laughs> did not see that coming, but okay. Yes. Yeah, I can't remember the exact title of the instrumental, but yeah, they sampled it. <laughs> well 
Yep. The more you know. For, good for him. <laughs> yes. All right. So I'll let you take the next piece of yeah, clock news. Which... This was a little bit of a shocker. Yeah. I mean, he's, he was 82, which is still pretty good yeah. age. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that, you know, it was illness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this was kind of sudden. Yes. Um, you know, uh, it, it, it kind of sucked that and you know it's like what was it la- a couple years ago where we celebrated the the 20th anniversary so yeah it's like you know it's been 20 mm-hmm. years since the the movies were first released and you know we got these faces to go with these characters that we'd been mm-hmm. reading for a few years before that you know as the books were first released mm-hmm. um but the fact that it's you know, it's been 20 years and some of those, yeah, you know, some of the folks were already up there in age to begin with when they, when they started on them. So it's like, after 20 years, you kind of expect to start maybe losing people, but still it sucks. Exactly. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause now we've, now we've lost both of our elderly Dumbledores. I've seen people like put uh-huh. Jude Law in bubble wrap, you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, keep hot dumbledore uh, yeah. alive at all costs uh but yeah michael gambon sir michael gambon mm-hmm. uh who took over the role uh of dumbledore um starting in the third film um ha- has passed away at the age of of 82 after a bout of pneumonia so pneumonia can just suck it um yep. you know i had pneumonia several times as a kid and even as a young kid with a very robust, you know, as a, you know, a decent immune system, it would keep yeah. me bedridden for oh, yeah. days at a time. So mm-hmm. when you're elderly, pneumonia is not it's anything not, not, to be trifled with, unfortunately. No. I had um, walking pneumonia once and that took me right out to the point where yeah. I was flat out cold. Mom had to come home from work during her lunch hour to check on me to make sure I was okay. I was just fast asleep because I was so tired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just, it just takes everything out of you. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, but of course he himself had a, a quite the illustrious and long running career in film, theater, TV, and radio. Uh, so, um, and of course he was, uh, he was also in Doctor Who. Yes. Kazaran. So, yes. Um, so, of course, those those remaining in the Potter family have been voicing their regards and fond memories of him. Uh, if you're <laughs> if you're familiar with any of the behind the scenes. Uh, uh, harry potter uh related stuff <clears throat> you know that uh famously um when all of the uh students uh have to leave the dormitories and they're sleeping in the great hall um while harry is supposed to be asleep uh <laughs> he overhears dumbledore and snape talking but at one point while they were filming that particular scene uh gambin had um placed a uh fart sounding <laughs> toy yep 
type thing in Daniel's uh, sleeping bag and was activating it. And uh-huh. Poor Daniel was trying not to bust out laughing. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, me, me thinks it might have been a Gamba and Rickman uh, duo. Uh, yeah. Planning. <laughs> Yeah. let's teach these rookies something here <laughs> yeah so uh yeah so uh Juan's up for Sir Michael Gambon yes for... mm-hmm. uh move on to some happier news yes the writer's strike is over mm-hmm. now all we have to do is wait for the actors guild to get everything nailed out yes i mean like flynn technically the writer's strike is actually like 99.9 percent over because right. they have to Correct. vote they were supposed to right. vote today as we're recording this um but the the uh, the higher ups in the WGA have pretty much told all the all the union members that when this comes to vote you should vote for it because this is like the best right. result we could possibly ask for um and with any luck <laughs> um it should be a uh kick in the pants mm-hmm. uh, for the for for the actors uh yeah. you know that they can get you know what their demands are and while technically you know the the writers are no longer picketing they have um many of them are uh ooh, excuse me still on the picket lines with the actors in solidarity because that was yeah. the that the actors did that for them right um, they're returning the favor but yes yeah, some of the the writers are back to work so some of like the talk shows like the late night talk shows are back um right because they rely on on writers like yeah john oliver is back it made me very happy to see him in my youtube feed uh uh-huh. so the, the only other little snag or snafu that we might run into in the next year and a half i think is something with uh um, animation and the voice actors yeah build i think there's they've got contract negotiations coming up but hopefully that guild or whoever they're working with contract wise is taking notes mm-hmm. <laughs> to try to avert yeah so yeah yeah so but the um they got an increase in minimum wage mm-hmm. uh increase in pension and better rates for uh health care uh improvements to terms for link of employment size of writing teams and better residuals, which are kind of like royalties, not quite the same thing, um, including mm-hmm. foreign streaming residuals, because I know that was a big thing hey, for them yeah. with the increase in streaming uh, that a lot of people involved uh, in programs that are on streaming services, whether they're exclusively made for the streaming service or a television show that has gone to a streaming service um they weren't getting paid diddly for those of us that are like oh yeah i'm gonna binge right 16 seasons of criminal minds and then the cast would get like nothing right or <laughs> yeah very so, very little or very yeah you know if they did get anything it was hardly worth the piece of the the, the paper that the check was printed on so exactly yes yeah 
Uh, and then also there are uh, protections of, uh, when it comes to use of, of AI, mm -hmm. um, which is, Big I know time. for, which for the actors, again, residuals and AI protections are their two like biggest talking points when it comes to uh, this strike being resolved. Yeah. Um, you know, some actors, yeah, you know, it's like the whole AI thing. That's a, that's a discussion for somebody else who's smarter than me. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, I understand being you know the idea that you know, like some of these actors who uh, do like motion capture, you know, they, their entire body gets scanned, and yep, what's going to stop a company from taking you know that that very real you know highly detailed scan of someone like andy circus and not just start using it without andy circus actually being involved you know it's actually, obviously yeah it's actually happened to an actor i can't remember the name but i there was something i had followed and seen on a facebook feed where he actually he went in for motion capture Mm -hmm. And they actually took his body scan and used it for a video game. And mm -hmm. one of his friends was watching his kid play a video game and recognized it, like, hey, do you, hey, since when are we doing? And then, ooh, he's like, whoa, yeah. I did not realize that. Yeah. So, or even yeah. just recently, um, Tom Hanks, his, uh, an AI version of him just got used for an ad for like a beverage company that he oh. never signed off on so uh -oh. yeah oh boy not good so it's like yeah i mean if that if the if the actor signs off on it that's fine like you know you know the unfortunate right. case of bruce willis who's having to retire from acting because of his his health issues he's actually mm -hmm. signed over the rights to his image so that right. he can continue to you know because yeah, you know, with his particular uh, ailment, right. he can still live for quite a long time. Oh, so yeah. he still mm -hmm. needs to live, you know, have money to live on, but he can't Correct. work anymore. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, that's that's one thing when the actor actually signs off on it. It's another when you're Tom Hanks, you know, one of the most recognizable people yeah. in the world. And you're mm -hmm. like some some beverage company's like, oh, yeah, no one will ever notice. And the image I saw, it wasn't even that good of a copy either. Like you could tell it was supposed to be Tom Hanks, but it could have been better. But yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> I guess it's good that it's not right at the same yeah. time. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but, but just yeah. the fact that it happened, uh, yeah, nope, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, yay for the WGA. Here's hoping mm -hmm. that that SAG uh, uh, gets, you know, the uh, a similar outcome, uh -huh. um, and we can everybody can get back to work. <laughs> yes. Then <laughs> so, uh, we got a our first proper trailer for the latest disney animated feature wish uh -huh. so got a, more of an idea of what the plot is uh we get to hear some of the music uh, -huh. uh which is pretty cool um 
So that's pretty awesome. So it looks like it's going to be cute. It looks like it's going to yes. be very cute. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, uh, you got a combination of some recognizable, uh, voices you know ariana bows obviously um evan peters chris pine is playing the king king magnifico mm-hmm. if that's not a villain name i don't know what it is yeah uh alan tudyk of course as valentino the goat mm-hmm. who just a little little bits that is even in this where you know in this trailer he's like my butt found it uh <laughs> It's like, oh, it's like, oh, Alan. Alan Tudyk actually gets to voice an animated character that actually gets to speak this time, yeah, actual words. words. Unlike Hey Hey, where he's right, just, yeah. uh, he's just a very confused rooster the yes. entire time. Uh, so, uh, Victor Garber dies uh, in there. So, um, but yeah, it looks, uh, Looks like it's going to be quite cute. So we shall see yes. coming this Thanksgiving. So you know, if you keep yourself awake after eating all that turkey, then mm-hmm. go to the movies. Uh, yep. Unless Doctor Who's on. And in that case, right. yes. Yeah, huh? Exactly. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> maybe. We don't know. We don't know. Um, <laughs> we've got about what less than yeah, six weeks six, six weeks, weeks ish yes yeah. yeah um so there's that um in the podcasting feeds feeds the latest episode of gold standard very tough but necessary <laughs> Discussion about um, the film Twelve Years a Slave. So Mm -hmm. um, that was not not an easy one to to talk about. The movie itself is is not easy to watch, and the subject matter, the fact that the fact that it's a true story, it actually happened, and is considered really pretty historically accurate um makes it i think even harder because it's not like oh well you know they 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 just made this more dramatic for you know movie purposes no this is actually what happened as far as the experts can can tell so mm-hmm. um that being said i've started his book oh okay. uh, the the book 12 years a slave um you know obviously check with your uh local library um but through mine on libby um the version i got which has actually the the image from the dvd that i got in from the library with with uh you know cheatwell idrafor you know running um mm-hmm. the version i've got is uh narrated by lou gossett jr Oh, nice. Um, so, which I thought was appropriate considering he'd start in Roots. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Um, so there's that. And then speaking of books, yes, new month means a book club update. 
Yes. So our book for October is part two of the Blood of the Daleks audiobook, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago. And then the poll for this month is uh, Dark Eyes Volume 2, Legend of Camelot, Extraction Point, which is a newer novel that um, kind of deals with the tie-in to the 60th with um, oh, the new female character, uh, the zero, whatever, the clock ticking down. Oh, Doom? Doom, Doom, yes. Yeah. And then Josephine and the Argonauts, which is a <laughs> third Doctor adventure with Joe. <laughs> Make your choice and yeah. results will be in at the end of the month. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. So feedback. Of course, we got feedback from Shalane. Yay. feedback uh about fan x so she says i went to saturday at fan x with my friend i wore my bo katan shirt i didn't meet katie sackoff i saw her from a distance along with zachary levi and christopher lloyd and saved by the bell people too too and nick carter i did meet don bluth didn't get an autograph or get him to sign my anastasia dvd don thank you for the movie of my childhood and then anastasia is my top favorite i was gonna dress up as anastasia but my cosplay came in late oh I have to find another occasion to wear it. Yes. Anyway, me and my friend did go to some panels like Star Wars Return of the Jedi 40th Anniversary, hosted by some guys who do a Star Wars podcast. We also ended in Andy Circus's panel. Then after that, we did this panel about an upcoming Harry Potter video game. Fun fact, this girl I went to school with helped out with that video game because she's big on Harry Potter and other fantasy films like Lord of the Rings. Anyway, that was my adventure at Comic-Con. I knew there was going, going to be go so much Barbie cosplay and Anastasia cosplay. Same with Back to the Future and Ahsoka and Anima cosplay and Mario and Zelda 2. Lots of people with Hellfire Club shirts. Yes, that's still very popular. Mm -hmm. There was some awesome power. There was an awesome Powerline cosplay, but I didn't get a picture of it. I did get some pictures with some Bo-Katan cosplay and other Star Wars cosplay, too. I did see nice. some old friends from college and found out my college professor was there and but I didn't find her. I also bought a Funko Pop and stickers and a mini Funko Pop. I'm making a Funko Pop Christmas list. I just love collecting these. I need a bigger shelf. <laughs> Ooh. Shalane, once you stop, you probably won't be able to... <laughs> once you start, you won't be able to stop. I've had yeah. to limit. I'm very choosy. Yeah. <laughs> as many as I see, I have to mm -hmm. stop myself. So. Mm-hmm. I don't ask for them either, just for that reason. So. No. Mm -hmm. Not when yeah. I have five million other things I could ask for instead. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> also on Friday, it was Ashley Eckstein's birthday, and all the Ahsoka cosplay gather around her wished her happy birthday. She was only there on Thursday and Friday. Talk about my life with Ahsoka when you girls talk about the Ahsoka series when it finishes this season. Speaking of Doctor Who, isn't Doctor Who going to be on Disney Plus? Yes, it is. At least yes. for us Americans. Yes. And I think maybe Canada yeah, as well. I think so. <laughs> Where Doctor Who is going to be streaming elsewhere to be determined, I think, still. Right. So check your local providers or do yeah. a search on watch probably... the space. 
Yeah, or check the Doctor Who official BBC website. I'm sure they've got something somewhere as yeah. to where it's airing, where and when. Yeah. Well, not when, but yeah. where. <laughs> yeah, but starting with the new stuff. Correct. With the 60th going forward, Doctor Who is supposed to go to Disney Plus. Well, everything before what's coming out this year, again, to be determined. Uh, right. so, oh, because is the max is the max contract running out then? I or? don't know. They just I, I have not heard anything about okay. clarification of where anything previous to the new stuff from this year. Okay. Uh, even still considered new who where it's going to go or okay. if it's going to end up on disney plus at, at some point i would assume right. so uh, yeah at least when and new I, who classic who is a whole other ball of wax yeah i think that's uh, going to stay brit box for the foreseeable uh future yeah and those of us with the actual dvds <laughs> yes yeah uh, yeah i'm slowly kind of collecting the blu-rays just you know yeah they keep releasing these amazing box sets oh i know because mom's just like okay make a list of the ones that you have or the ones that you need so in case if i do happen to land across something like yeah uh, okay. <laughs> yeah so we're just she waiting like the rest of everybody me. else yeah yeah so we're just we're just stuck waiting for the like everybody else so and you will hear a squeen as soon as we know if they release yeah <laughs> yeah well. he thinks the internet might go ka kablooey when that happens yeah yeah maybe uh and then we got two emails from aaron because he's playing catch up um so his first one says uh subject line was you took a vow of hospitality for all the need i lied hello our five hosts I grew up watching these movies, Sister Act, if you did not get the quote reference. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I grew up watching these movies because my parents love them. As an adult, I still thoroughly enjoyed the first, but a little less enthusiastic about the second. As someone who was raised in a strong Catholic household and attended a Catholic school for the majority of my schooling, I could sympathize with Dolores. And as a side note regarding your discussions, my school only had one nun who was our principal. Not to get into details, but that school pretty much ruined any faith I had in Catholicism. But having all that ingrained in me, I really like the attention to detail that Sister Act movies put into the story. Take care, Aaron. And then Aaron, uh, his second email, subject line, attending conventions vicariously through you. Hello, wonderful five-ish hosts. I always love listening to your coverage of conventions. I've never been to one, so to hear you talk about all your experiences is a joy. And this week was that much better considering i got to listen to two of you have fun and my screen just jumped okay uh having said that <laughs> a couple weeks ago i finally talked myself into exiting my little hobbit hole and i bought a ticket to extend attend galaxy con here in ohio in december maybe a little overwhelming but with enough of my legal anxiety pills i plan to have fun i'm crossing my fingers i get to meet one or one or more of you there also thanks for the discord link i was happy to jump in take care aaron you're welcome for yes. that aaron anyone else want the discord link just hit us up we will give it to you and yes, yes. you should knock on wood uh <laughs> should be able to meet a few of us at galaxy con 
in December. So I plan on being there. Uh, Chris, Zan's husband, is going to be one of the artists again. So Zan should be there borrowing any uh, issues. Yep. Yes. So um, and as of right now, uh, Nick is trying to make it work so that he can come over from oh wow Italy, cool. so nice uh, but that is that is that is uh a lot of logistics that he has to right. figure out first so mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it's like how it's it's one thing to just be like oh, i was gonna hop on a plane and go to america it's another to be like okay well i got friends in this state but i got friends in this state and but uh, then he's like, oh, well, I've got friends that are going to be in the same state as these other friends at this one thing. So, yeah, it's a. What do I do? <laughs> it's a whole thing that we are trying to help Nick figure out. And mm-hmm. we'll, we'll cross our fingers and cross our toes that he is able to to make it. If he doesn't, it's just a matter of time. It's not a matter yeah. of if, it's a matter of when. So, yes but knock on wood uh at the very least i should be there so Uh (laughs) spending all sorts of money i should not be spending right before christmas but you know what Uh christmas gifts Mm -hmm. yeah sure Uh, for myself i'm giving you you one out here rachel (laughs) I know. I did buy. I did buy some Christmas gifts last time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Not just for myself, but for other people. No, Chauncey, you better not be listening too closely. (laughs) Yep. So, so thank you, Shalane and Aaron, for feedback. So, on to this week's main topic it just worked out one of those things where um if we had waited till like a milestone birthday or something we would have been waiting a few more years Mm -hmm. uh so but the fact that he just came into town and i just saw him this past friday night Mm -hmm. uh we thought it was uh well i thought uh that it was appropriate that we finally give the fourth and final beetle his uh time in the spotlight mm-hmm. with yes. our look into ringo yes as he likes to say what's my name ringo mm-hmm. yes so obviously of uh, any time we're talking about the Beatles, there's gonna be quite a bit of overlap. <laughs> so yep. we're gonna try not to totally rehash right. uh, some of the stuff because we've already pretty much the entire you know covered the entire Beatles time between the other three guys. Right. Um, and it always so. seemed that after the breakup, they were usually almost everybody was helping everybody else out on an album (laughs) yeah yeah you will learn very quickly you will learn very quickly that you know there may have been some animosity between maybe paul and john right and john maybe just wanting to distance himself in general 
uh, you know, Paul wanting to go off and do his own thing. And of course, George by then had gotten to, you know, was very into like, you know, the mysticism and all of that stuff. So he was very heavily into that. But nobody, despite what some people may say, nobody had an issue with Ringo and were no. more than happy to step in and contribute to his career as a solo artist. Oh, yeah. So, um, but that being said, we need to go back to where it all began. Um, mm-hmm. all back to... Like to say, through the mists of time. Yes. <laughs> back to Liverpool. Mm-hmm. The 7th of July, 1940. A young child was born to his parents, because that's how it works. Mm-hmm. Um to his parents richard and elsie and uh he actually was their only child um so named after his father obviously born mm-hmm. richard starkey uh was was born in dingle uh which is a inner city area of liverpool you know none of the beatles grew up like in luxury i will say of the four i think probably paul mm-hmm. and george maybe were slightly better off financially in their family that's yeah that's a good yeah i mean Liver- kind of liverpool take. is very much a blue collar Oh yeah, city. and it still is. It's a port. Mm-hmm. It's a port town. They 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 rely on industry, you know, railroads and factories, and you know, import the exports. Yeah, shipyards. Yeah. yeah. So it's 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 not a city of extravagance by any means. But even then, you will have your levels of financial security, mm-hmm. and compared to uh you know uh his his bandmates poor ringo was probably the the least financially stable as a child his um you know his uh while well, his parents before he was born <laughs> i don't think this is any way a reflection of him uh but uh you know his mom was uh big into dancing and singing and performing uh and both uh, his uh and his dad was also a, a big fan of swing music um they went to the local ballroom and would dance you know as as date nights mm-hmm. uh that stopped after little they called him Richie uh so Richie was was born his mother became the textbook definition of like a helicopter parent (laughs) and his dad became a drunk staying out for days at a time uh so things went downhill quickly fairly quickly (laughs) uh they had to move because where they were living cost too much um but then his parents broke up anyway and then they were divorced um Ringo says he has no real memories of his father. Um, he'd only met him a few times uh, after that, but that was about it. 
uh, his his mother had ended up having to become doing just odd jobs like house cleaning and then as a barmaid. Um, and then to top all things off, little Richie, not the healthiest kid. And how much of that was, you know, living someplace that, you know, maybe isn't ideal, you know, with, uh, you know, weather and stuff. I don't know. Uh, or the underlying I, stress of or the underlying what stress of everything through. yeah yeah it, it's hard to it's hard to say what what causes these things and you can't really mm-hmm. say it was this thing i'm sure it was a combination of factors oh yeah but at perfect, the age basically six, a perfect storm yeah but at the age of six way. poor little richie developed appendicitis <sighs> so he went to the hospital got an appendectomy you know like people do mm-hmm. um however while the appendectomy went well, you know, routine, he developed uh peritonitis, peri, 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 peritonitis. I'll get it right. Mm-hmm. Um, which is the lining of the abdomen that covers your organs where it becomes inflamed. Oh, jeez, poor kid. Um, Ooh, sounds very, very, very yeah. painful. He ended up falling into a coma. Um, so uh, he ended up having uh, his recovery from that lasted a year. Wow, was that? Where he spent most of it at the Liverpool's Myrtle Street Children's Hospital. Um, he was finally discharged in May of 1948. Um, but his mom allowed him to continue to stay home, uh, and miss school. <laughs> so at the age of eight, uh, he was really far behind his, his peers as far as education was concerned. Um, he ended up having, uh, to take on private tutoring from a neighbor, uh, 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 a, a girl by the name of marie crawford who uh he considered a surrogate sister um and uh she helped him get caught up academically uh but then in 1953 uh so about the 12 age 12 13 he contracted tuberculosis aye, aye, aye. so he was admitted to a sanatorium and he stayed there for two years. <sighs> Man, I'd be sick of hospitals. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Yeah. And, and this is where he discovered um, percussion. Uh, <laughs> because the, the, the medical staff to try to alleviate boredom and to, to stimulate, you know, movement and mu- mo- using your motor skills. Um they uh made makeshift uh instruments and had themselves a little hospital band um <laughs> uh you know learn to uh start playing rhythm so um and became obsessed kind of after that like even his grandparents when they were like here you want to try the banjo piano harmonica and he's like no only drums drums are my life oh boy no wonder he and keith moon hit it off so well later on
Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, jumping ahead, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> um. So once he was released, by then you know he's fifteen, sixteen years old. Uh, it's time for him to get a job. Uh, especially considering uh, he never like while well, he caught up mostly academically it was not enough for him to pass the exams to go on to secondary like school mm -hmm. um so it's like okay well i gotta make i gotta make a living because obviously advanced education is not going to be an option um so um it was actually um while he was in the sanitarium his mom actually remarried uh, married a man named Harry Graves, um, and uh, Harry was also a fan of big band music, um, and introduced uh, Little Richie to recordings of Dinah Shore and artists like that, um, and uh, uh, Ringo has really nothing but nice things to say about his stepfather, so um but it is through harry uh you know stepfather that um he um got him his first job he was actually able to keep <laughs> so for a significant amount of time because again liverpool blue collar town not the not the nicest there's a lot of crime um you know it's one of the uh the the specific section of liverpool they lived in was one of the oldest and poorest districts in liverpool um so uh you know he tried to get a job himself uh he got a railway worker's job with the british rail um and, but he was unable to pass the physical examination uh, that he found, got work as a waiter serving drinks on a, a day boat that traveled from Liverpool to North Wales. Um, but his his fear of conscription into military service led him to quit the job, not wanting to give the Royal Navy the impression that he was suitable for seafaring work. <laughs> Don't blame Again, him at all. I doubt he probably would have passed the physical anyway. True, um, but, but smart, yeah. smart guy. Smart guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it was his stepfather that eventually got him in a position as an apprentice machinist at a uh, local uh, equipment manufacturer. Um, and it was there that he befriended uh, a fellow worker named Roy. And Roy introduced Starkey to skiffle music. Uh, so on their... Uh, breaks uh at the plant they would go into the cellar and uh you know make attempts at, at writing songs <laughs> uh roy played the guitar and then uh richie just kind of drummed on whatever he could get his hands on um and eventually uh along with those two and uh Ringo's neighbor Eddie um they formed the Eddie Miles band uh 
you know, did their did their best uh, uh, for Christmas in 57 is when he got a second ham drum kit and that gave him the uh, opportunity to learn, quote unquote, proper drums. Um, and then in late 59, he joined a scuffle group called uh, the Al Caldwell's Texans. Um, and then they changed their name to the Raging Texans, then Jet Storm, <laughs> and then the Raging Texans again before settling on Rory Storm and the Hurricanes. I was wondering if the guy that he was introduced to changed his name to Rory. Yes. Uh, and then uh, Starkey got uh, uh, recruited into the band. And where from there, that's where he took the day, stage name Ringo Starr. Because he wore a lot of rings on his fingers and also yep. because he thought it sounded kind of country and western which it does well johnny ringo yeah so it mm -hmm. it makes sense it it jives yeah um so we're into the 60s now rock and roll becoming a very big thing both in the uk and in the us um and other parts of europe so the hurricanes uh were offered a residency at a holiday camp in Wales. And Ringo was a little reluctant because he was four years into his five-year machinist apprenticeship. <laughs> but he decided to give it a go. Um, so they did uh, uh, other, other gigs, including a tour of U.S. Air Force bases in France. Um, and... Uh, they were eventually offered a residency in Hamburg, uh, but they had to, to turn it down because of their commitment at the holiday camp. Um, but then they eventually were able to uh, uh, go to, to Germany to uh, uh, the, the Kariskeller, uh, where the Hurricanes were actually top billed over the Beatles. Wow. Yeah. So that's that's where Ringo met uh the the incarnation of the Beatles that existed then. Um mm -hmm. and um actually performed with Lennon McCartney and Harrison in a recording session for um one of the Hurricanes backing singers did a recording of summertime. Oh, neat. From Porgy and Bess. Okay. Um, so the Beatles, air quotes, are on a recording together, but not as the Beatles. <laughs> so, <laughs> so obviously the Germany thing, both the Hurricanes and the Beatles, among other bands, would come and go during the first couple years of the 60s. Um, eventually, uh, John invited Ringo to join the Beatles, which meant firing Pete Best. <laughs> oh, and the brouhaha that followed. Yes. Oy, um, oy, oy. That was about yeah. as bad as when Stu Sutcliffe left, but with not that much drama, but still it was noticed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So the, 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 the fan, the fan base that they'd already established did not like that Pete was gone and Who didn't knew? care for Ringo. And at one point yeah. George got a black eye from a fan <gasps> and uh, Brian Epstein, their manager had his car tires flattened. Uh, I, I mean, I felt so sorry for Ringo, you know, seeing the signs. Ringo never Pete forever. I was just like, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Give the guy a break. Yeah. And then George Martin, their their producer, was all like, I just I don't know if this 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 kid, Ringo, if he's if he's if he's any good. So in their uh recordings of Love Me Do and PS I Love You. Ringo's playing tambourine and maracas, but he's not drumming as a session drummer. <laughs> so, because George Martin was like, I don't know this kid. I want to take a risk. This is like, the, you know, this is going to be their first first releases. You know, Ringo thought that he's like, oh, they're going to, they're all going to go all Pete best on me and kick me out the door. But uh, uh-huh. for whatever reason, they, I'm sure because of the guys, that they were like no we like him you know keep him mm-hmm. um right. and then the beatles fans were you know now warm now had warmed up to him he was receiving the same amount of fan mail as the other guys um um you know he was given a a, a percentage of ownership in uh northern songs which is the lennon mccartney publishing company uh, then uh, he's he got twenty you know quarter share of Beatles Limited their corporation, so yeah obviously the Beatles we've covered mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. kind of a big deal yeah um, uh, but in that same time that's also you know he's, he's becoming the, you know Beatlemate is becoming the thing and at the same time he met his first wife Maureen yep. Um, they met in 1962. Uh, they got married in 1965. Uh, they ended up having three children: Zach, uh-huh. uh, Jason, and Lee. Um, they lived in um, in the early 70s. They lived in John Lennon's old house, uh, uh, Tittenhurst Park in Berkshire, um, and then uh, Ringo and Marine divorced in 1975 um and then unfortunately maureen died in 1994 from leukemia but um you know beat beetle <laughs> in the 60s i mean beetle mania was huge and oh yeah uh, just you know so stress inducing it was like they were doing what they loved right but at the same time it's like they had no downtime yeah. Really? They, they had no downtime it's like they you know they loved performing but like the the shows were getting to the point where it's like we can't even hear ourselves right sing why the hell would we do these live shows when <laughs> nobody's getting anything out of it except it's, except yeah. the you know the, the screaming fans uh-huh. can be like oh my god look it's the Beatles you know Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't blame them for what they did with Sergeant Pepper, and then watching that get back, where it's just like, nope, and, we're happy yeah. doing the and, studio and that stuff. too. It was, it was, it was again. It's not just one thing. It's a, it's a combination. It was mm-hmm. a combination of you know their live shows just not being fun, 
you know, just, you know, wall of screaming Beatlemania fans, you know, Beatles fans. So it's like they can't hear themselves perform. So it's like they, they, they could be singing just nonsense lyrics and the fans wouldn't know because they can hear it. Um, they could be completely out of tune and nobody would know because nobody could hear it or Ringo could have been off drumming fast drumming slow and yeah they wouldn't be the wiser because they couldn't hear because of the the fans because of the technology back then yeah and at the same time they were also evolving as songwriters Mm, and uh creators and doing more experimental things in the studio you know with as the technology involved when you you started get when you you'd be able to get machines where you could do like more than like two tracks or four tracks you'd start getting like to eight and 16 which meant you could do more layering and figuring out how to cut things and do things you know doubling things or playing stuff backwards and adding you know different sounds and you know with the creation of electronic uh instruments you know like the synthesizer and things you know they were starting to create music that would not translate into live performance anyway right and at least at the time right and thank heavens for brian and george martin for like hey guys okay yeah go for it yeah do it yeah (laughs) yeah so it's like you know some of the beatles greatest songs and albums are post touring mm-hmm. yep yeah you know, they only they only toured for you know you know if if you if you count if you start counting from when beatlemania kind of broke in 62 mm-hmm. and then 63 ish here in the united states obviously they didn't come over and do ed sullivan until uh you know Beatlemania didn't really hit the United States until 64 which is why next year everybody's preparing for the 60th anniversary of Beatlemania hitting the United States mm-hmm. um so it's like if you figure from like uh, you know 62 63 probably is more accurate they really only toured for like two three years mm-hmm. and that's it everything yeah. else the Beatles did was just cranking out amazing music and releasing it as singles and as full records and doing yeah these what we would consider music videos now but back then they were considered promotional videos yeah or promotional things so like hey look the beatles have got a new album coming out check out this this Uh crazy promotional thing they've done for you know strawberry fields forever yeah we we consider those music videos now but that was yeah. not a concept <laughs> then yeah yeah um so yeah once they switched to being essentially studio musicians uh they were all much happier but even then you know the 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 fans still had uh you know some input you know they were they were often requests to let ringo sing more and he was like, yeah, I sing like one song, an album, and I'm happy with that. So, uh, and the general rule was, there was always exceptions, but the general rule was with the Beatles, whoever wrote it, who or majority 
percentage wrote a song, you sung it. So since Ringo wasn't writing anything, he really wasn't singing anything. Uh, it's uh, that's why so much of it is Lennon McCartney because John and Paul were just cranking out hit after hit after hit, and occasionally George would write something, and that's how we ended up, you know, with things like, you know, uh, while my guitar gently weeps, um, or something, you know, right, like yeah. that. But Ringo was not a songwriter, so uh he didn't really since he wasn't writing anything there was nothing for him to present and be like hey i want to record this now he early on they did do some covers uh you know like twist and shout money um you know mr Uh, postman please mr postman and then they have a cover of boys which ringo sings Mm-hmm. the 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 lead on that and um, then um act naturally too i believe was the cover of memory serves yes that's a buck owens uh song um yeah it wasn't it wasn't until well he yeah he he gained some more notoriety with his performance in a hard day's night <laughs> so <laughs> he does get like an, an, an entire segment of the film that's that's just on him um oh, and then okay so, help was ringo's movie help what help was all based on ringo ringo being potentially sacrificed yeah uh <laughs> M- minus so the fiendish weird. thingy yeah so weird ringo early on with the beatles and even now i think of the four has the most prolific acting career yes, out of any does. of them like he mm-hmm. took off as as an actor uh yes. we'll get to some of that too um but yeah yeah it helped the the plot is pretty much just focused on ringo almost being sacrificed um at one point while they were still touring again ringo got tonsillitis uh and uh eventually he had his tonsils taken out uh like you do um so this is so we kind of run as as sick as Ringo was as a kid. Unfortunately, it doesn't stop when he becomes an adult. This is gonna become a running thing. Um yeah, unfortunately. Um so um obviously 66 they release Revolver, which has Yellow Submarine, which Ringo sings the lead on. Um they gave their final concert at Candlestick Park in San Francisco. And uh, then they did Sergeant Pepper, uh, which uh, he sings lead on with a little help from my friends. So, and then, uh, of course, Brian Epstein died in 1967, which left the Beatles kind of spinning in place. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, without uh, good management, <laughs> it's not that they were that management, without good management, um, things started to fall apart yeah he did uh in 1968 he became the first Beatle to sing on another artist show without the others and he was on Scylla Black's uh 
show where he's saying act naturally which is a, a buck owens uh song well i bet you i'm gonna be a big star might win an oscar you can never tell the movie's gonna make me a big star because i can play the part so well Uh, 68 they did the night the the white album as as we all know it um a lot of that was written while they were in india uh uh where by then george harrison was was deep into um in into into that so they all took a, a trip to india um and um he uh ringo recorded his or completed his first recorded Beatles song, Don't Pass Me By. He didn't stay very long in India. <laughs> uh, he only stayed about 10 days uh, uh, because uh, he's, uh, because of his uh, gastrointestinal issues, um, he had very, uh, he had allergic reactions and found himself being very food sensitive. Uh, so he had to take his own food with him when they made later trips. <laughs> so, um, well, of course, during the recording of the White Album, things were falling apart as far as the Beatles were concerned. Ringo quit. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I think most people know the, the story of this. Yeah, when the Beatles started, the Beatles started disintegrating. Technically, Ringo was the first one to quit. Yeah. Uh, he went, uh, he took his wife and his kids to Sardinia. Um, they stayed on, uh, a, uh, boat, I'm sure closer to a yacht, uh, loaned out to them by Peter Sellers. Uh, <laughs> um, and it was while on this, on this, on this vacation where he got to talking with the ship's captain about octopus octopi yep. uh -huh. um and that's where ringo got the inspiration for octopus's garden i'd like to be under the sea in an octopus's garden in the shade he'd let us in knows where we've been in his octopus's garden in the shade uh two weeks later he returned to the studio and the guys welcomed him back and did uh let it be um and um abbey road obviously they did the roof rooftop performance that we've all seen now and um you know obviously we know during that during that the let it be stuff george left for a while although not nearly as long uh but george did leave for a while mm -hmm. um and then 
officially it was Paul that broke uh-huh. up the Beatles by making it publicly known. Um, although at that point, Ringo had recorded a solo album and Paul refused to let Ringo release it to there there's an argument about the the order and release dates of Paul's first solo album McCartney Ringo's solo first solo album Sentimental Journey and Let It Be which was going to be their la- the Beatles last release um so he and Paul did have a bit of a falling out um but obviously it did not last very long and here's the thing okay now, as we get into into Ringo's solo career, and this is something that Chauncey and I talked about, uh-huh. is all four of the guys, you know, as we've we've talked about the, you know, John, Paul, and George individually, were not against experimenting nope. and trying different things, whether it was mm-hmm. different, um, you know. Uh, different recording techniques or using different sound effects or you know whatever um and their individual albums could sometimes have you know different styles of songs on them on a single album you know you could have a ballad you could have more of a heavy rock song you could have something a little more uh you know, maybe folksy or or the like. But what Ringo liked to do was do full albums mm-hmm. of just different genres. Yep. So like that first that first album, Sentimental Journey, was actually a whole album of covers of yes. standards. Mm-hmm. Like Sentimental Journey, mm-hmm. Night and Day, Stardust. Yeah. Uh, uh, before you know, Rod Stewart made it a thing numerous decades later. <laughs> yeah, have I told you lately that I love you? So yeah, you know, he was like, I, you know, my first solo album, nothing but standards. Yeah, pre-rock standards. But yeah, but people involved in that were people like Quincy Jones and uh-huh. Maurice Gibb, you know, of the Bee Gees. Yeah. And even George Martin. And even Paul. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, uh, just the list that he had behind him in the studio at times is just freaking amazing. It's just like, okay, yeah. you're behind Yeah. Him. <laughs> so then after that, you know, because it peaked at number seven in the UK, eh, not bad. Number nope. 22 in the in the US, you know, for, for an album that's not originals, that's first album after the breakup of the Beatles, it's a thing to, to sneeze home at. So then Ringo... God bless him. Apparently decides that he needs to follow that up with a country album. <laughs> Buku of blues. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, which was all country and western. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, it's just it, it abuses me. The, uh-huh. the and it, and like I said, it, even though. There may have been some issues between individual Beatles in certain directions. Yeah, however you want to diagram that out. But they never really had a problem stepping up to helping each other in the studio. Because, uh-uh. like, Ringo would go on to play drums 
on the on the John Lennon Plastic Ono Ono Band album, yep. mm-hmm. and on All Things Must Pass and Living in a Material World and Dark Horse yeah. for George. Uh-huh. He participated in the concert for Bangladesh, um, and co-wrote "It Don't Come Easy" with George, uh-huh. uh, yep. which reached number four. Uh- And, and John helped with Good Night Vienna. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no mistaking his background singing in Ringo's version. Yeah. <laughs> and, and really, for the rest of Ringo's career, it's the relationships that he had developed, I think, mm-hmm. as probably, you know, I, I'm sure that he developed some relationships when he was with Rory Storm. Uh, mm-hmm. But that only stretched so far when you're in Liverpool and then Hamburg, Germany. Obviously, once the Beatles were formed, their influence and, you know, collective circle of people we now know on a first-name basis, um, I'm sure expanded quite a bit. Um, and you can see that in, you know... I. This is in no way a knock on on Ringo. Yeah, he's a he's an amazing drummer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you oh, know, yeah. Absolutely, you know, absolutely talented drummer. Yeah. And uh there's no if, ands, or buts uh, about that. That being said, he's not the strongest singer no, compared to the is... other three. Yeah, I agree. He has it has a certain charm to it. Mm-hmm. You know, there are some, uh, there are some songs where you know he's, <laughs> uh, uh, it's it's quite amusing, uh, mm-hmm. to to uh, you know, hear him, uh, sing, uh, certain things. Um, listen, <laughs> listen to the song "Stop and Smell the Roses" from the yeah. uh, album that's titled the same thing. You will crack up by the end of it. Yes. Um, uh, yes. You just, I agree yeah, with it's, you, Rachel. It's, yeah. Uh, you know, songs like Back Off Boogaloo. You know, oh, it's, it, it's, it's ridiculous. The no-no song. One of my yes. favorites. Uh-huh. Absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. But really only somebody like Ringo Starr could pull that off. F- FYI. <laughs> the no-no song was written by Hoyt Axton. Yeah. The same one who wrote Never Been to Spain and Joy to the World for Three Dog yeah. Night. Same yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah. The lady that I know just came from Colombia. She smiled because I did not understand. Then she held out some marijuana. She said it was the best in all the land. And I said, no, 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 I don't smoke it no more. Yeah. Found that out a few days ago. I'm like, ah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. 
but you know it's it's almost it's it's like you know uh with a little help from my friends uh-huh. it, that's like literally the theme to Ringo's career yes uh, exactly and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing oh no uh-uh no no yeah. no not at all but his his solo career not it did not nearly reach the you know the heights that the other three did but at the same time i don't think he really cared right and i don't think he really wanted it i think i think he did it yeah i think he was just making stuff because it was fun i mean yeah i I, that's the only reason Mm -hmm. i could see him justifying you know following up his debut album which is covers which is again nothing wrong with that the beatles started off with covers uh Mm -hmm. themselves but then following that up with a country and western album you know it's like you're only doing stuff like that because you're having fun with it not because you're like this is going to be number one right and i'm going to sell all the records and win all the awards yeah you're doing stuff like that because oh that sounds fun right or it's stuff that you love that you have a connection to and you want to pay tribute yeah He's like, I never got to record anything like anything like this before. Let's do it. Right. Um, so and then he was also becoming a more prolific actor as mm-hmm. well. Um is is the thing as well. Um, you know, he was doing, you know, between documentaries and actual films. Uh you know, he did uh uh, uh you know uh, a spaghetti western which again mm-hmm. may have influenced his his desire to do a, a western a yep. western <laughs> album uh, you know he's done dramas he's done like monster films like son of dracula uh you know <laughs> so it's like you know he he also not just was an actor uh you know working in front of the camera but he also behind as a director he directed uh the documentary born to boogie about the band t-rex which you know if you want to bang you know bang a a gong and get it on Mm -hmm. um yep yeah so there you go um so um you know he did uh with george uh he did get uh uh a number one hit in the song photograph yep in 1973 um and in 1974 uh another number one hit with your 16 um which uh again is a cover uh Mm -hmm. originally recorded in 1960 uh or released in 1960 but that was written by the sherman brothers of disney fame oh wow so we'll have to talk about the sherman brothers one of these days like yeah any sort of disney either attraction to i mean for those yeah whether you love it or hate it you ever gotten it's a small world stuck in your head you can blame the sherman brothers they're the ones who wrote that they wrote all the music for mary poppins so there if you've seen saving mr banks and you saw a younger you know that that era sherman brothers portrayed in the in the film speaking of tom hanks um mm-hmm. so but yeah 
So, uh, you know, then he released Ringo, which was a rock album, uh, <laughs> which had contributions from George as well as John and Paul. Uh, so, and that was a a, a pretty good, uh, six, you know, successful album. Then Good Night Vienna. Yep. Which, again, contributions from John, Elton John and Harry Nilsson. Uh-huh. Um so uh elton john wrote snookaroo again a weird song but really mm-hmm. the only person who could have done it is ringo so uh, and that was elton john and bernie toppin of course right. um, <laughs> so yeah then uh of course you know we're in the mid-70s he and maureen their marriage is broken up um and he's still doing uh, you know some some acting type stuff he 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 said in an interview in in 2001 about this period where his 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 music career was you know kind of plummeting uh-huh. um, and he said really he was just not interested he didn't have enough interest in in music um they were at that at, at that point he was um really into drugs and alcohol Uh um and especially alcohol uh you know ringo became quite the alcoholic in in by the mid 70s um so that did not help uh yeah he he said that people like himself and uh and nilson and keith moon like Uh we weren't musicians dabbling in drugs and alcohol we were junkies dabbling in music essentially so yeah Mm-hmm. yeah so uh things were not necessarily going that well he had created his own yeah. record label um they had 11 artists signed at one point they released 15 singles and five albums between 75 and 78 and they did okay uh you know he also had his own furniture line an interior <laughs> design company hmm from okay. the uh, late 60s until the mid 80s so um so that's cool um he was a guest at the band's farewell concert mm-hmm. uh, and appears in the documentary for that the last waltz which well, was uh directed by martin scorsese <laughs> it, it, <laughs> it, 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 it is worth the watch yeah yeah he released a ringer released a new album 76 did not do well at all and then ringa ringo the fourth released in 77 again did not do well um he and then he was hospitalized again in 79 again with intestinal problems uh he was taken to princess grace hospital in monte carlo he almost died yikes um and had to have an operation where several feet of his intestine had to be removed. Yep. Yowza. Yep. So, um, but thankfully he bounced back and three weeks later he was playing with uh, Paul and George at Eric Clapton's wedding. Funnily enough, that's the wedding where Eric Clapton married George's ex-wife. Yep. How that was not awkward beyond belief, I have no idea. Uh, yeah, uh, exactly. 
And then uh, late November of 79, his house caught on fire. His house in Hollywood caught on fire and a bunch of his Beatles memorabilia got destroyed, which just, oh, Mm, man, that just that hurts. That hurts me. Mm -hmm. And I'm not. I Oh, yeah. So a lot of that stuff is just one of a kind. Can't be replaced. Yeah, exactly. But uh he uh the things were starting to look up by the time the 80s rolled around uh he mm-hmm. uh was uh in a film called caveman <laughs> exactly what it sounds like uh, yep. it has ringo dennis quaid and shelly long uh-huh yeah uh but it also starred Barbara Bachman of James Bond fame. Uh-huh. And that is where Ringo met Barbara and they became boyfriend, girlfriend. Uh-huh. Um, which and the rest, in, they say, is history. Yes. As Liam Neeson says in Love Actually, when his son comes to him about being wanting to be a drummer. Mm. And how much chicks dig musicians, Liam Neeson's like, absolutely. Ringo Starr got himself a Bond girl. And of course, his mm-hmm. son is like, well, what the hell are you talking about, Dad? Right. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> there you go. Yes. I have a plan. Thank the Lord. Tell me. Well, girls love musicians, don't they? Uh-huh. Even the really weird ones get girlfriends. That's right. Meatloaf. Definitely get laid at least once. For God's sake, Ringo Starr married a Bond girl. Whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. So he and Barbara got together in the in eighty, um, and um, they uh, they were in a car accident in May of nineteen eighty. Uh, thankfully, they 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 uh, got out of that all right. Um. And then, of course, in December of 1980, John is killed, mm-hmm. um, which um, when um, in 81, when Rinko went to go work on Stop and Smell the Roses, he had a couple of songs that John had wrote for him to be included in the album, but Ringo couldn't couldn't do it. He did not feel comfortable yeah. recording them. So I yeah, I don't blame him for not putting them on the album. I mean, that being that closely removed from that yeah yeah and and george actually george had written all those years ago for ringo but because uh after john's murder he changed the lyrics and recorded it himself um Mm -hmm. which is fine um so but yeah stop smell the roofs listen to the title track you will Uh you will you will bust a gut uh it's just that's that's uh it's uh, typical ringo yeah yeah i mean it's 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 fun uh drumming is my madness also Mm -hmm. yeah kind of kind of walky wonky uh there's another Mm -hmm. uh version of back off boogaloo Mm -hmm. um on there um rack my brain which is written by george yeah. So, uh, so um, I can't remember what album. Don't his cover version of "Don't Pass Me By" or his solo version. I can't remember. 
but that that's a good yeah. one too yeah um so uh and you know once not long after john was was killed ringo and and barbara went off to new york to be with with yoko um then things kind of took a turn again at least when Mm -hmm. his music career is concerned um he completed old wave uh which was produced by joe walsh uh, of the eagles um which you know not bad uh because uh uh the uh year before in 81 actually ringo and barbara got married um and actually barbara's sister is married to joe walsh so technically joe walsh is ringo star's brother-in-law by marriage Uh so (laughs) it's all connected yeah (laughs) so um but no one would release it he couldn't find a record company willing to release it in the uk or the u.s um he in 87 he was planning to do another country album uh, but he had to abandon it after legal trouble with the producer um and then in 1984 till 1986 he narrated a series of the uh, uh, uh episodes of the children's series thomas and friends yep thomas the tank engine about thomas the tank engine mm-hmm. um where they use stop motion for lack of a better term um yep. to to with the trains and and uh you know all the all the different characters um that's in the that's in the uk here in the u.s we know it better as shining time station yes which included thomas stories along with live action yes uh bits uh they usually had usually had some sort of like metaphor or moral to the story that kind of tied into the thomas story that would also be told you Mm -hmm. know how like they do with kids shows like we're gonna we're gonna as, as gently shove these morals down your into your kid's brain as as you know delicately as possible mm-hmm. yep. but in the live action version you've got dd Khan uh-huh <laughs> as the uh uh kind of the manager ish of, yeah. of this of this it, it, it takes place in this train station yep and you've got dd Khan, um and then you've got this uh various other characters and uh, kids Yep. that would come in and out and they would shenanigans would happen uh you know the and again there would have to be some moral or life lesson that the, that the kids or maybe one of the adults had to learn by the end of the episode both by what happens in the live action and the thomas story that gets told and mm-hmm. that's all the thread between the live action and the stop motion bits with thomas is through mr conductor yes played by ringo uh-huh thomas the tank engine is very proud of his branch line he thinks it's the most important part of the whole railway his two coaches annie and Clarabelle, agree with him annie can 
only take passengers, but Caravel can take passengers, baggage, and the conductor. They are both old and need new paint, but Thomas loves them very much. As they run backwards and forwards along the line, they sing songs to each other. When Thomas starts from a station, he sings, Oh, come along, we're rather late. Oh, come along, we're rather late. And the coaches sing, We're coming along, we're coming along. They don't mind what Thomas says to them because they know he is trying to please Sir Topham Hatt. And they know, too, that if Thomas is cross, he's not cross with them. This and is then, my uh, earliest memory of any yes. exposure to any of the Beatles. Uh -huh. I knew Ringo as Mr. Conductor before I knew anything about the Fab Four. I knew Ringo first and then Mr. Conductor because I can't remember when in the 80s it came out, but I think I was a little past the prime viewing age. Mm. And my dad's just like, why are you watching this? I'm like, Dad, look. He's like, oh, okay, not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Conductor, Ringo. And then a few years later on down the road, Ringo gets replaced by George, George Carlin, Carlin for Mr. Conductor. <laughs> so weird. Yes. <laughs> so weird. But, you know, it's all good. It works. It it's works. All good. Um, and of course, nowadays you just have Thomas the Tank Engine without mm -hmm. the shiny time station stuff. And right, I think for a while there, I think it was one of the Baldwin brothers was doing the narration. I think so, but I'm not sure which Baldwin brother. I think it was Alec, <laughs> but I'm not sure. So uh, yeah, but yeah, my yeah my earliest childhood memory of anything related to the Beatles is seeing Ringo as Mr. Conductor on Shiny Time Station. Uh -huh. And then George Carlin taking over later, which, yeah, the mind still boggles at that. Seven words one. you can't say on television. <laughs> on television that that yeah. guy. Let's yeah. take the guy <laughs> who has a whole laundry. Not just seven. He's seven or <laughs> at the time we're just supposed to be the yeah. worst. But he uh, had a whole list of words oh, you're not supposed to say on television. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> there, and somebody's like, yes, he would be great as part of a children's television show yeah <laughs> okay yeah w w were they planning on doing a shining time station after dark for the adults i don't know <laughs> all i all i know is just seared into my memory probably for yeah. the rest of my life is a miniature ringo because mr conductor was never full size no uh, he was miniature. It was the size yeah. of like you know like smaller than a, a ken doll i'm sure yeah um just so ringo size. yeah just ringo in his little blue mr conductor uniform mm -hmm. so maybe they had a thing about mr conductor wearing uh make sure he, he wore earring and earring yeah. in his ear because you know george carlin had one too so i don't know yep. maybe um but yeah that was just <laughs> Oh, Ringo's been part of my life since I was very small. <laughs> so mm -hmm. he did uh he um did the the Prince uh Trust charity performance at Wembley Arena with George, Eric Clapton, Jeff Lynn, and Elton John. 
and um in 88 he attended the rock and roll hall of fame ceremony to accept the beatles induction to the hall of fame um and then late 1988 he and barbara went to rehab Mm-hmm. <laughs> so six week treatment for alcoholism so um and he's been sober ever since he and barbara have been sober ever since so mm-hmm. he decided uh with his newfound sobriety in dallas texas uh july of 1989 was the first performance of ringo star and his all-star band I mean, in each rendition of the all-star band, I mean, mm-hmm. he just knows how to pull in yeah. the artists. I yeah. mean, holy we, cow. Yeah. So, um, you know, he's, uh, he's the, 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 the all-star band has been the consistent thing oh, yeah. since then to, to now. I mean, obviously he's still, you know, doing stuff. He's still doing acting uh you know he's in an episode of the simpsons <laughs> mm-hmm. um in 1992 released his first studio album in nine years uh which was produced by phil ramone uh and jeff lynn by other among others um with uh guest appearances again his friends brian wilson harry mm-hmm. nelson um the album not a commercial success but again i don't think ringo really cares no um you know they released uh in december of 95 the beatles released their first new single since 1970 free as a bird yep oh man i can remember the countdown for that when that came Mm -hmm. out oh man oh man yep and then they in 96 they released real love Mm -hmm. um and uh you know ringo would go on to play drums on paul's album flaming pie yep he released two albums in 1998 while on uh the label at mercury yep um vertical man yep and then (laughs) weight of the world i think was the other one or am i uh myself yeah no no because uh weight of the world was uh well the single weight of the world was earlier so okay all right yeah couldn't remember yeah he released a christmas album in 1999 (laughs) oh and then the 2000s um he was inducted in the percussive arts society hall of fame Yay. as he along, should yes along people like buddy rich mm-hmm. um he performed at the concert for george after george's passing um and then he released ringo rama mm-hmm. um which includes the the song never without you uh which was his his tribute to to george uh 2005 he released choose love mm-hmm. um which is i actually like that album i really like that album that yeah that Uh, was a nice that's a nice album yeah it's got some 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 good songs on there Mm -hmm. uh 2008 he released liverpool eight yep the song liverpool eight not the nicest um 
portrayal of of the city of liverpool but you know it's true yeah. Uh, right, yeah so he's got another song too called the other side of liverpool um mm-hmm. which is a bit more by bi- autobiographical but yeah. also you know doesn't paint things in the the best light but again his his early years not the best either so no no um and yeah. right what you know <laughs> and then uh 2010 uh produced his 15th album studio album why not mm-hmm. um which has a beautiful ballad called walk with you that paul sings uh-huh. harmony on oh my god yep. bumps inducing um oh yeah yeah um he at at that point he was on tour with the all-star band Mm -hmm. um and on july 7th 2010 which was his 70th birthday he had they had a show at radio city music hall and um including uh yeah the people that were part of the all-star band at that go round uh he had some visits from his uh from people like his son zach yep who played who played a little um joe walsh uh uh, jeff lynn and paul who came Uh to sing birthday Uh Uh surprise surprise (laughs) yeah Yeah, you know, Paul Paul and Ringo performed on the Grammy Awards in 2014. So that was the 50th anniversary of Beatlemania. I remember that performance. I remember watching it. So um um and then um he uh his new studio album uh Postcards from Paradise uh, was released in uh, 2015 that same year he was he himself was inducted to the rock oral hall of fame as a solo artist so that's cool um and then 2019 uh he released what's my name um so, uh, of course, his 80th birthday was in the middle of the pandemic, 2020, July 2020. Yep. Um, uh-huh. So he did a live stream concert. Uh, people like I Paul. vaguely remember that. Paul, Dave Grohl, Cheryl Crow, Willie Nelson. Because um, usually he 
goes and has a uh meets with the fans outside the Capitol records building right on yeah his, on his birthday uh which mm-hmm. is in hollywood did everybody if you even if you don't know the name of it you recognize the building it looks like a bunch of plates stocked on top of one each other <laughs> so yep. the giant uh-huh. antenna on top yep um so um but yeah uh really since then he's been doing eps instead yep. of full-length albums which, which is makes not necessarily sense. a bad thing no um because then you can push stuff out a little faster and get it out there and so people Uh can be like oh i got i got the new ringo single or whatever so you know yeah his most recent one i think rewind fast forward or rewind forward is really it's Mm -hmm. it's good yeah so um he uh and that's kind of what he's been doing since is just releasing those those eps i had to go and update Mm -hmm. my my giant playlist uh yeah i, I had i hadn't realized <laughs> i hadn't realized he'd release some stuff so yeah um my solo beatles playlist has kind of grown a little bit added to some mm-hmm. of those some of the eps yeah so yeah so now it's it's pretty much you know when he's not touring he's he's quite the prolific artist Oh yeah. Uh, he does painting. He's a big photography buff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that that uh that that segment in in uh Hard Day's Night where he goes out and he's just taking, you know, photo yep. uh photos of stuff. That's mm-hmm. not necessarily like they're like, hey Ringo, just walk around with this camera. Like, like he really loves photography. Um, so you know, he's uh not not uh not too bad behind the camera so um but he also does uh other art too uh you know paintings and stuff they actually had several um pieces of ringo's art available for sale when i saw him friday i mean they were expensive oh Oh, yeah uh very expensive if i had Mm -hmm. several thousand dollars with nothing better to do with and i probably would have picked up a little something something um that and so i mean so the money was going towards the lotus foundation which is a a charity that he he formed so it wasn't all going into his pocket right Um, so good cause yes yeah um but of course you know touring these days is with the all-star band The, the the current tour right now is actually with the 15th all-star band uh yeah. which is the the show that i just saw uh this past friday with with ringo uh of course um i'm gonna butcher some of these guys names because some of these guys are not american uh <laughs> <laughs> some of them are uh steve lukather from toto okay um uh warren ham who was also uh in toto also kansas um mm-hmm. he was also in toto um colin hay from men at work if you yep. and he's he's scottish australian very distinct sounding voice you ever heard any men at work song you know that voice oh yes y'all are hearing in your head right now who could it be now that's yep that that, mm-hmm. that is colin hay yep. um Ham- hamish stewart from the average white band 
And he and Hamish Stewart, I believe, if memory served, he also played with Paul McCartney. Yes. When Paul was in, as part of Paul's touring band. Yeah. Uh Greg Bissonette. Um who uh he's he's played with a lot of a lot of people. He's played with David yeah. Roth, he's played with the name Yellow. sounds really familiar. He's yeah. a really, really good drummer. Mm-hmm. Um and um and then Edgar Winter. <laughs> so uh from the edgar winter group uh so um uh that's that's the current lineup when i saw when we saw them for the first time um that was the 11th all-star band and that was ringo wally palmer from the romantics oh, nice. rick derringer Okay. Um, Edgar Winter, uh, Guy Wright, Greg Bissonette, Mark Riviera. Uh, although Mark Riviera was only on the Latin, so I didn't. He was only on the Latin leg, so I actually didn't see him. Um, uh, and Richard Page from Mister Mister. So wow, cool. Um, so yeah, it's. I I had this uh a uh, kind of uh, you know headcanon epiphany actually. The other day um when i was thinking about the concert after the fact and um it's i mean it's a really good show uh you mm-hmm. know especially if you're a fan of you know 80s back music right uh, yeah you know because that's that's who the the type of type of people um that he has had you know in the in the in the all-star star band across the years right. um edgar winter is a as kind of a, a regular staple yep. um uh you know he's he's had people like uh, uh he had felix cavalieri from the young he, rascals yeah had um, rungren yeah <laughs> John in some Entwistle. case yeah, some in some cases Billy you Preston. see the yeah Sheila E. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, some of them made like just special appearances, you know, for mm-hmm. for one reason or another. Uh, Paul Rogers from Bad Company and mm-hmm. uh, Roger Hodgson from Super Tramp. <laughs> my, my mental memory is going from the the All Star Band CDs I have, and then what's been released as compilations on Spotify. So my yeah. Memory- yeah peter frampton (laughs) peter frampton yep that was early on that was in the late that was that was in the late 90s so um so yeah it's it's if you're a fan of like your classic rock station local classic rock station odds are if you go see ringo and the all-star band you're gonna hear some songs that you 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 recognize yeah um you know, this was um no um yeah, this was this was no exception. Um the, the set list uh for this the show. They opened up with Matchbox, which is a Carl Perkins oh, cover. Oh nice. Um, uh it, it don't come easy, what goes mm-hmm. on, uh free ride, uh, nice Rosanna, pick up the pieces, uh-huh. down under uh boys which again Uh was one of the covers that the beatles did in the early days i'm the greatest which was actually written by john 
yep. <laughs> for Ringo. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yellow Submarine. Cut the Cake, which I don't know as well. Frankenstein, which is Edgar Winter Group. Edgar Winter, yep. Very, very famous. Octopus's Garden. Back Off Boogaloo. Yeah. Um, Overkill, which is a minute work song I'm not that familiar yep. with. Uh, Africa. By total. I'll tell yep. you what. A really wild experience to be sitting in a venue <laughs> full of people singing Toto's Africa with two of the guys from Toto. <laughs> yeah, you got the lead the lead singer from right. Toto, and then you got the other guy who also does the uh like the flute mm-hmm. and others. Um but then you got them coming in, you know, if you figure, you know, it's around sound or whatever. You got stuff coming in one ear and stuff coming in the other ear and your brain processes it. So in one ear, you've got the voices that you should be hearing when you're listening to Toto's Africa. Mm-hmm. Right. But in the other ear, you've got that very distinctive voice of Colin from Men at Work. Yep. Also singing Africa. <laughs> coming in the other ear and you're like, wait a minute. Brain is that voice sounds familiar, but it shouldn't be on this song. Right. <laughs> like, this is whose voice I know, but this is not the right song. I should be hearing it on. You should be playing a completely different number. Yes. <laughs> it's like, okay. this is a really wild experience. It was also really just wild to be in a group, you know, this, this mm-hmm. venue of several thousand people all say, yeah, a bunch of Midwestern white folks singing toto's africa at the top of our lungs because we're you know white like that um <laughs> yeah um work to do uh which is an isley brothers cover um oh, hamish stewart did that uh i want to be your man uh edgar winter did a cover of johnny be good which is really <laughs> first of all really cool and then both chauncey and i were quoting back to the future pretty much the entire time yeah um, why am i not surprised <laughs> yeah um who can it be now uh-huh. that's the vo- that's the song you expect to hear when you hear colin hayes voice yes um yeah hold the line another toto song, toto song photograph yep. act mm-hmm. naturally and then with a little help from my friends wraps the the whole thing up there oh, um so it's a, it's a yeah it's a mix of beatles obviously the stuff that ringo sings lead on although several times they would tease other Beatles songs and Ringo would be like, no, not that one. Uh, yeah, that, that doesn't surprise me, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and, and, but then also giving each of these artists an opportunity to, you know, a handful of their songs because they're all mm-hmm. established recording artists in their own right and have their own catalog. Yep. And... Yeah, I think it's really cool that Ringo, he could do an entire show of just his stuff. He's got enough studio albums to to pull from. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, there's several songs where I'm like, oh, yeah, I would have liked to hear the no-no song. But there's also maybe some kids in the audience and don't need, probably don't want some parents trying to have to explain why, you know, I don't anymore to your kid (laughs) after the fact. Yes. or why it makes uh, you sneeze. <laughs> yes, or why it makes you sneeze. Um, 
just leave them with just leave the parents with having to explain the why everybody laughed when Edgar Winter talked about how he invented the strap on keyboard. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, the stuff off of like choose love or why not, you know, mm-hmm. or Liverpool Eight, he could have easily put in there and he, I mean, he could easily headline a show all by himself. But what I think is really cool is the fact that he does it with, again, with a little help from his friends, just like it's been for his entire solo career. He gets these people and it's like, hey, you want to get together and do some stuff? And I, in a way, I don't know if this is their intention, but in a way, it's kind of a way to give people like a little taste of each one of these artists right and Mm -hmm. hopefully people will be like oh that person you know it's like oh toto i remember them oh yeah those songs those are really good and then when they see that artist go on tour by themselves they might be compelled to see them right yeah like or i think it'd be kind of cool to go see toto now or a minute work you know yeah (laughs) <laughs> or plunk the money down and buy the best of album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it just it gives people just enough to make them curious. Though mm-hmm. maybe they'll they'll check out the the other the other stuff and maybe see these guys when they're not in the All Star Band and they're off doing their own thing as mm-hmm. Toto or Meta Work. You know, some of these these guys do. Yeah, none of these guys are stadium level performers well they're still they're all very very talented i mean edgar oh, yeah. winter edgar winter can play the keyboard with the best of them oh yeah uh, strapped on or sitting down or whatever um you know um um greg the 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 other drummer the, the other one sitting at a full drum set uh you know at one point they they give him an opportunity to you know do what instrument players do and give them a chance to show off um Mm -hmm. and greg just went into this whole like mini set of doing drum fills that are very recognizable you know like the boom boom you know from queens we will rock you or the drum from immigrant song or you know or uh it's like the rolling stones brown sugar i think among others yeah and also teasing a few beatles songs you know the Mm -hmm. the drum fill from uh come together uh that you know you know it when you hear it um but like he just went on this tear of doing all these different recognizable drum fills and it was just like dude you know yeah they let Edgar Winter go on the keyboards and he just goes at it. You know, the the guys from Toto just go at it on their respective instruments, the guitar or the saxophone or the flute or whatever. Um, you know, Colin Hay, the same thing with the guitar. Um, yeah, so it's just it was it's it's not it, you're not gonna get the same experience like when you go see Paul. Paul is a stadium filler. Mm-hmm. You know, he's yeah. he's he's got the the pull there's a different experience when you go see paul mccartney first of all you're in a venue with a right. hell of a lot more people yep. uh and 
I think in general, because I think it's just a matter of math. Um, the average age tends to be a little younger. Uh, mm -hmm. Either that or just Paul makes people feel young and vice versa. That's why he's able to do what he does at, in his early 80s, just like Ringo, feeding um, mm -hmm. off the energy of the crowd. The I would say that the average age at, at Ringo skews a little older. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we weren't standing like the entire time and dance, you know, dancing and singing and clapping and people just bouncing around having fun like you do it. Uh, at paul there are still a lot of people getting up to go to the bathroom i'm sure because when you get older stuff like that happens uh mm -hmm. so you know <laughs> you gotta go when you gotta go unfortunately um but it was still a lot of fun it's just a different vibe mm -hmm. is really all i'm 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 saying but you you still right. get your your money's worth i mean oh yeah we paid what well, we paid for ringo significantly cheaper than what we paid to see paul uh you know paul mm -hmm. you're gonna get two and a half three hours right ringo, you know ringo and all-star it was two hours and they were done right um uh you know and for the most part when we were trying trying to leave like salmon's trying to swim upstream you know by trying to leave the venue um yeah, you know, I could hear most of the most of the conversation. Could hear people. Most people were were happy, and I heard one woman say, "Oh, I did." It's like I didn't realize they were going to do so many of the you know of everybody's songs. You know, she mm -hmm. was really impressed by it. But I did hear one person when the like the lights came back on. They're like, "That's it." <laughs> like, like want first of all, two hours is not bad. No, for second of all. No. Everyone on that stage is over the age of 60. It's bedtime for them. Yes. <laughs> so, like, Ringo is 83. Edgar Winter mm -hmm. is 79. The youngest guy is Warren Ham, and he's 63. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Two hours is pretty damn good for oh, yeah. a, a group of men uh, of that age range. Yes. So... Mm -hmm uh let you know be be glad you got what you got so yes. i think two i think two hours is fairly is pretty respectable Ooh, for yeah. again giving people just a little bit of each artist just to kind of remind you hey you've probably heard that song before you probably liked it mm -hmm. go check go check out our other stuff maybe see us when we come through to your local i don't know county far county fair mm -hmm. uh you know stage or some venue like that because that's what would be appropriate size for these or these guys or performing arts center depending on the exactly during food and what during the food and wine festival or flower and garden right. festival at epcot so mm -hmm. <laughs> i think it's i think i think all things considering uh i think we absolutely got our 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 money's worth it was a lot of fun uh you know we, chauncey was like he'd hear a song he'd be like oh, i need to add that to my spotify you know so it's working the advertising is working yeah yes. so it's absolutely is working and i i you know ringo like i said i he's both he and paul i know are just doing it for the fun of it you know it's what mm -hmm. it was makes them happy it's what's keeping them young you know again mm -hmm. both of them in their early 80s they could easily they could have hung it up 20 years ago and oh, nobody yeah. would have blamed them no 
but the fact that they're still both out there doing live shows and it regardless of the venue size you know performing live in front of an audience even for a couple hours is mm-hmm. not easy no no matter who you are um you know they're still recording music and creating other things you know paul's got books ringo's got books mm-hmm. uh paul's got uh an exhibit of photos he took when the beatles were touring in the early 60s that is at the one of the galleries in london that i think closes this month um you know ringo's got books out there of of photo you know some of his photography and and stuff and um you know they they they've got their charitable work ringo's got the lotus foundation paul's got yeah the stuff he was he's doing with the uh, you know landmines uh mm-hmm. that his ex-wife heather got him involved in um so you know they're you know the the beatles greatest band of all time we've got 50 percent of them left yeah so you know don't don't take them for granted you know appreciate them for what they're what they're giving us yes and i'm i you know i'm well aware of my uh you know privilege uh to have the uh the time and the 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 income to be able to see both Mm -hmm. of these both of these guys multiple times Mm-hmm. um bought new t-shirt yes a very There's nice peace, t-shirt peace and love peace on love. it with ringo's signature i've never had ringo merch before so got beatles i got paul merch but i've never had ringo merch before so um i'm just i'm happy and i'm glad we mm-hmm. finally got ring get, got a chance to give ringo his 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 day yes so yes and uh I hope the rest of this uh, tour goes well for him and the rest of the all-star band. And I guess we'll just have to wait and see what uh, Mr. Starkey surprises us with next. Is it going to be art? Yes. Is it going to be a book? Is it going to be another EP? Mm-hmm. Are going to see the return of Mr. Conductor? Okay, that last one's not likely. Uh, <laughs> we can always hope. Um, right, Yes. <laughs> the conductor round table yes <laughs> well except george carlin's no longer with us oh, so right. yeah or at least a conductor round table a conductor one. yes a yes. conductor so but uh yeah yeah any final thoughts on uh ringo uh, just check out his solo stuff. You're not gonna be disappointed. <laughs> that's that's all I gotta say. I mean, you'll I you'll enjoy it for what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He says he's got some got some good stuff out there. Like so some of it's yes, he does. Some of it's funny. Some of it's a little weird. But mm-hmm. I think with Ringo, that's uh appropriate. So yes, he is he is a little goofy. So oh, he's yeah. got he's got a sense of humor. Oh yeah. Uh, and we love him for, for it. <laughs> for for absolutely for sure. And so like at one point he's like, you know, he's he went to went to leave the stage to to allow the the other guys, you know, their a chance to do their old jam session thing. And he's like, he's like, I'm gonna go to my room and drink my juice. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
like yeah there you go Ringo. you're 83 yep. you got to keep healthy somehow so mm-hmm. uh but that's that was funny so yeah and we'll have to um at some point we're gonna have to do some of these uh movies that that ringo has been and we'll have to do the the, the beatles movies obviously of course oh yeah we'll to do oh yeah hard day's night mm-hmm. and help yes uh, obviously yellow submarine the music is the beatles the talking voices are not the beatles they use no. sound alikes but we'll still have to do mm-hmm. yellow submarine at some point because oh, i yeah. love that movie mm-hmm. um and uh we'll have to we're gonna have to do give my regards to Broad Street at some time at some oh, point yeah. too, mm-hmm. which is Paul and Linda yep. and the rest of Wings and Ringo playing essentially fictionalized versions of themselves. It's like only murders in the building, yes. way before only murders in the building. Yes, that's, uh, that's so. a very good way of describing it. Yes, <laughs> yeah. So, um. But yeah, we'll have we'll have to do those at at some point. Give, give my regards to Broad Street. Is so weird. It's, uh, it's weird, but I, I enjoy every minute it's, of it. It's yeah, it's one of those where it's like I really Paul is just like I just really want to show off some music, but let's make a loose storyline. So look, it's a movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you guys have to take it as as it's it's like this fictionalized alternate universe where paul mccartney and wings and ringo star live and interact with each other and strange stuff happens like ballroom fights between ballroom yeah. dancers and greasers uh yep. oh yes the <laughs> so people are like what the hell are you talking fine. about yes <laughs> oh we'll get to it oh folks so well if any of our listeners want to give their two cents about uh ringo or uh and or the all-star band have you seen any iterations of ringo and the all-star band or any of ringo's solo works or any of his acting (laughs) did you watch shining time station 2 as a kid on your local pbs station yes because that's where you found it uh <laughs> you can send us feedback uh our email is fiveishfangirls at gmail.com or you can go to our website which is the fiveishfangirls.com where you can connect with all of our other social media accounts along with our individual personal ones as well there are also links to the goodreads book club so you can go vote on this month's poll and join in this month's discussion or any of the previous discussions we leave those open for you to contribute to um you can also uh financially support us if you are so inclined uh via ko-fi or patreon or buy some of our merch on redbubble that's all there um or you, uh, if you can also, uh, or so inclined, you could also financially support our nonprofit fangirls give back either by making a donation via PayPal, which link is also on the website, or buying from our wish list on Amazon. All of that contributes to our ability to uh, do more uh, community outreach and connections with people um and if you want to join our discord again just send us a message send us an email dm us on 
Instagram or Twitter, X, whatever the hell it's called, Facebook, yeah. um, mm -hmm. and we'll we will give you the link. We just don't we just don't want to point put the link just out there because uh there's weirdos on the internet. So yeah. <laughs> that and the way Discord works is if we put a link out there, the link's only good for seven days and then it's not valid anymore. So if you came across it after a week, you wouldn't be able to use it anyway. So yeah <laughs> all links have an expiration date on them once we send it out so it's just much easier if you just ask and we'll send you a link so uh -huh. a link we know is valid as long as you yes. use it right away so uh -huh. discord's weird uh um, yeah but it's it's fun we're getting, yes. getting a little bit of engagement on there as people figure it out so that's good yeah. um that's all we got so hopefully life will have uh, settled down a little for next week so because we got yes. some we got some season finales coming up uh in the next couple yes. days and i'm excited to see how things play out yes so but until then we shall sign off for this week this is holly from wisconsin saying good evening and this is rachel in indianapolis indiana i got monsters on my balls. And take the time to fill your noses. Stop as you stroll through life. Pitter patter, pitter patter. Stop and take the time to talk it over with your wife. Thank you for listening to the Five Ish Fangirls. Please visit thefiveishfangirls.com. For details on how to further support the show, along with information on our nonprofit, Fangirls Give Back. We love our five-ish fam and appreciate all of your feedback, shares, and encouragement. Remember to keep letting your geek flag fly.
Let's make-